Welcome to another episode of the Bitter Jury Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Westoff, and joining me tonight for our first ever non-eviction night recording, you know, first time we're ever doing a Sunday episode recap here at the Bitter Jury, uh, and joining me for this first inaugural episode is, uh, first, I'll start with my OG co-host, my friend Charles Matthews. Charles, welcome back to the podcast. It's been 48 hours. I'm not used to seeing you this often in a row, unless we're in person drinking moonshine. So, uh, welcome. <laughs> it's been to- way too long since we've done that. Right. So, welcome to our second podcast of the uh, of the week. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. Um, like you, I'm excited that we're offering more content it gives me more of an outlet to be able to talk about the show that i love and to argue with you a little bit and you know what if i get to be the enemy with you and richard let's go amen to that i will say uh doing this many episodes in a row you know i also did an episode with my sister on friday with the live feeds uh the show has ended you know sunday night's episode ended uh just after what happened on like friday mid-afternoon and so, like, my big brother world, we're going to be talking about stuff that happened, like, weeks ago in my mind. So that's why I'm glad we're bringing in another personality co-host tonight uh, to join us here and uh, talk about all things Big Brother Episode 2. Uh, it's the, uh, I'll call him our survivor correspondent uh, and our fellow Cracked Media member here on the team, Richard Mai. Richard, welcome back to you, uh, the Bitter Jury Podcast. Glad to have you tonight. How are you feeling with uh, such a survivor legend entering the game? I'm excited. It's a different game. It's a different atmosphere. It's longer. It's arguably easier, harder. You can make that argument however you want. But uh, it's going to be interesting how she adapts to it. We'll see what happens. Well, definitely. And and to just start right off uh, chronologically on this episode, uh, Suri really was the entire first segment of this episode. I we Charles and I we recapped the premiere a couple nights ago and we were saying how it kind of felt like it was a rush job at the end you know they in the last five minutes of that premiere episode they kind of said oh by the way there's Cerise here from Survivor and then the show ended and I know maybe I'm in the major uh, minority here in this group but I feel like uh, a lot of people Cerise unless you're a Survivor mega fan like you don't know the extent to how like much of a gamer she is and so it took me a few days to realize how big a deal it was she's in the house um but now that i know how big a deal it is she is um i'm super excited but richard uh just kind of break down who is sari give us your survivor background knowledge uh why is she such a threat and how do you think those skills from survivor uh will translate now and that she's in the big brother game so Cerise played Survivor four times. Not many people that have gone more than twice. Um, and absolutely a legend has made deep runs and deep connections every single time she's played. Um, I think people underestimate her oftentimes just because she is an older woman and takes on that kind of motherly role. And sometimes that gets un- overlooked. But she's as much as a game player as anyone else. Um, argued oftentimes by Survivor fans, one of the greatest to never win the game. Um, has come super, super close. And, you know, the many times that she's played, she plays a great balance between the social and the strategic. She keeps her um, she, she keeps her relationships in line while at the same time looking out for them, but most importantly herself. And she knows how to balance that well. And that's going to be super useful coming into Big Brother because that's the one big similarity is you need to play both the social and the strategic, which she definitely has in spades. 
Gotcha. And Charles, I'll, I'll bring you back into this in a second, but I just kind of want to pick Richard's brain for a second and, and kind of get these details that I think will help uh, illuminate how big a deal she is and how strategic of a player she is. So looking for background information on Sari, when she first played her first season on Survivor, how old was she? Did she come into reality television as an older player or she aged throughout uh, her time on Survivor? I think she was already a mom when she entered Survivor. Um, probably at like late 30, early 40. I'm not 100% sure. She was on um, earlier seasons and then uh, just kept coming back. Um, I think it was... What was like the I time exactly span of her four but... seasons? Was it like, you know, all within 10 years? Or is this like she's been doing this for decades? I think her first season was somewhere around 12 and her latest season was 34. Okay. So she's been around for a minute. Oh and yeah, then, and then real quick, you you gave me a little nugget right before we hopped on this podcast. Uh, Jared has actually been on reality television before. Uh, sorry that I said that weird television, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so uh, tell us about that. He was a a family visitor on the show. Yeah, you can see my, how much my knowledge is. I'm sure it has a better name than family visitor. Yeah. So so pre so in the pre COVID era, um, Survivor would fly out a loved one for um for the survivors to get a little taste of home and uh in Suri's last go around which was survivor game changers um which was season 34 um Suri actually gave up going to Jared's high school uh graduation uh to be on survivor so uh, they figured it would be a nice moment to get Jared out there so he can reunite with his mom update him how everything went and it was really great now looking back at it now knowing that they're both in the game because sometimes like when the when the bond is strong enough or you can see that kind of closeness, Probst, Jeff Probst will delve in and ask some questions on, you know, what that relationship is like, what it means for the survivor to have that comfortability, that safe space there with them. Because, you know, obviously you're lacking that when you're out there. And Suri and Jared was one of those relationships. And the way that Suri described her relationship with Jared as well as, you know, just generally all of her kids it makes a lot of sense how they're playing this game. Suri said that they are, quote, two peas in a pod, that Jared, that they talk about everything. Jared tells her everything, regardless of even if she might not want to hear about it. The ver- It's a very open relationship, very close bond between Suri and all of her kids. So um, it makes a lot of sense the way that they play this game, very much so in tandem. Oh, wow. That what I already thought was a huge advantage. Like you just put that like extra, like pizzazz on it. Like they, like to have someone in the house you fully trust is a huge asset to have someone that close to you. And you're that much, like you said, two peas in a pod. Um, it's, not it's, could, Dick right. it's not Dick so, and Danielle. Right. This could be, a, hey, this I could do be love a, my Dick and Danielle. So no. <laughs> I was saying evil Dick is Charles favorite player. If favorite I Favorite player correctly. of all time. So, but we may have a uh, we may have a uh, powerful duo here, uh, to say the least. So let's jump right into like uh, how this played out when everyone entered the house. Charles, how do you think? Um, just you know, seeing the segment of everyone meeting Cherie and uh, and showing like Jared and her first interactions, and you know, I'll also throw in here Izzy being able to sniff it out and like pulling Jared aside. Just give me your whole recap of the, of the scenario of the situation and how well do you think they played they they played it like uh did you find it suspicious do you think they played it pretty well um and how would you have gone about it if you and uh, a relative were entering the house together 
Uh, well, I will say I probably would never enter with any of my relatives, but <laughs> I, I will say it was confirmed. They, they knew they were coming in. Yes. They, yes. They confirmed and I, that I, in the diary room. Yeah, I did write that down. Um, no, I think they played it off. Well, you know, initially everybody's tensions were high and they had just come from outside. And then there's a random person standing there. Obviously a couple of people already recognized her. I think the biggest thing for me, and I may be jumping ahead a little bit, but especially with you two on as live feeders, if I'm in the house and I've recognized someone, so let's say, cause I'm, I'm probably in between the two of you as a survivor fan. So I'm not on the Richard levels having all this mega knowledge, but I'm also not Daniel and just have no knowledge. I'm immediately going to make this person a target. And I'm going to assume that anybody she interacts with is also going to be a target. As right? we saw Corey so, say. Say that again? As we saw Corey say. Yeah, in exactly. His diary room. Yeah. And so as you all, you know, as we approach, gosh, I guess now almost the first full week, I'm kind of throwing it back to you all. Like, what are other people saying right now? You know, they should be a formidable duo, but they should also be targeted pretty quickly, even not knowing that they are working together in that sense. Well, I already somewhat spoiled this for for you on our um, you know, first podcast you and I did a couple of days ago. Um, but so far, even past what has happened in this episode, uh, there's still only one other person in the house who knows about the duo, um, and that's Izzy. And we did we saw in the premiere episode at, during the credits them whispering, doing a pinky promise. Um, I don't know about you all, but when I watched it full, like the full how it played out uh, on the Sunday episode, um, man, I I thought Izzy kind of played it cool when I saw the premiere. Like, oh, she pulled him aside, did a quick secret, like, hey, I got your back, kind of thing. Smart move. But then when I saw how it actually went down, she like yelled it like, oh, you're Sari Field's son. Yeah. And like Bowie was right there looking at them. Like, I, I'm sure it was just chaotic enough that it didn't land. And like also from watching live feeds, Bowie's just kind of not playing the game. She's just kind of there having a good time. So I'm not sure if it had been if it had been someone else more keen, like if Corey had been sitting in the same place, he probably would have heard and picked up on it. So um that was my first, like, I mean, it was, it's obvious on the live feeds because Izzy is a, she gives me vibes of Nicole from last season, but that was the first oh, time gosh. on the show where I was like, Ooh, Izzy might be a bit of a wild card. Uh, yeah. And you can see Jared was like freaked out. Like he was, uh, again, I'm comparing my impression from what we saw on the premiere and the quick thing to what we saw in the episode. And at first I thought like Jared was playing it cool, but then when you're on the episode, he's like freaking out. He's like, no, 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 you got to keep it quiet. You're like, yeah. um, well, no, then, not to cut you off, but Izzy yeah, was like a, a rabbit in the heat. She was like, right. Shuffing and jittery and she couldn't slow down and everything was so excited. And I'm going to keep talking and you're going to do this and we're going to, Oh bro, I got you. No, 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 no. And it was like, shut the fuck up. You Which know? is like when, when you see he, when the three of them are in the uh, storage room and he's like, hey, mom, in front of Izzy. And then they like, reveal that Izzy knows. That's the first time I had some respect for Suri because you saw her kind of lay the hammer down. Like she panicked for a second. You could see it in her eyes like, oh, my God, someone knows. And then she like stared down Izzy and was like, you're going to keep the secret, right? You're not going to tell anybody. Izzy was like, oh, my God. And like I've heard now from other podcasters that there's this they call it like the Suri mist. And that was the first time I got to see someone be misted by Suri and just be like, 
taken away by her persuasiveness. Um, and we're going to see that as a common theme, I think, throughout this game. It's just the power of persuasion that Sari has. So I'm really excited to see her play this game. Um, I I know I got emotional seeing her do her segments, you know, really appreciating being in there with her son. Um, oh, was it? were these your first tears of the season? Oh, you know I was tearing up. We've talked about this before. I'm a crier. <laughs> I was holding them back. I was like, oh, it's early. That's, hey, my that's, heart the, that's, early. That's, a one, that's a one thing we usually have in common, but I did not cry over that. Oh yeah, Richard, you may not know this, uh, but I am such an easy crier. Like I, it, it's I think it's a family thing. I think I got it from my parents genetically. So, so what? <laughs> they just like play an ad, or they show like sad puppies that haven't been adopted. And oh, just, don't don't you dare show me a, a Super Bowl Budweiser commercial. I'm I'm oh, leaving the room. <laughs> if that horse and that puppy don't become best friends, I am screwed. <laughs> hey, I'm so. with you on that. Again, we disagree on quite a bit, but I'm with you. Yeah. Um, but all right. Um, so Suri in the game, super excited about that. That was a major focus of this episode, but we saw some other uh, early relationships really start to, uh, you know, be seated here and some early blooming up uh, one that, you know, it, it's being a producer of, you know, the content we do for our cracked media uh, tennis side of the company. Like now that I watch shows like this, I like can see what the producers are going for and they're trying to send certain messages. And so like, as a casual fan, you may have watched the 30-second clip of Jag and Riley and been like, oh, that's cute. Uh, but there's a reason they put that in the show, and it's because Jag and Riley have become quite a duo and quite um, a source of power in the house. And so um, we really got to see the first time on an episode that the two that their relationship is shown. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's real silly. J- Jag's a real easy conversationalist. You know, he's always joking he's got a the ability to both like build rapport with someone at the same time as talking strategy and that's kind of hard to do um richard what's your first impression of uh the jag riley dynamic and do you think uh that there'll be a power couple's a strong word because i'm not sure what the romantic side of it is but a power couple as in teammates how do you see that playing out throughout the season i think it'll work well i mean like i think we've seen in seasons past where kind of small two, three person relationships form in the early days and they do really well. I think it's going to rely a lot on how they play it off. Um, how much they allow other people to see that um, because you could go and make it obvious in like Alliance meetings or whatever, but you could also go and do everything you do behind closed doors, just the two of you. So depending on how they play it off, they could be seen as a, they could be seen as a power duo, or they could just be seen as two random people that just happen to be in the same alliance, because they're not typically what you would expect, I guess, socially, just two random people just hitting it off. And I guess that's the name of the game, isn't it? Just whoever you find a connection with, just go for it. But it's going to be a lot on how they play it off, and they've played it off pretty well. Sort of. It, they're pretty obvious about it. Like they they were the they're the most <laughs> clocked duo in the house for sure. Um, but we see Riley later on this episode, we'll talk about it, get the HOH. And so I think uh that's really given them her and Jag a leg up in creating a sort of structure in the house. Um, but we'll get to that later. We're still talking about these uh early relationships forming. Uh we also saw our first alliance of the season. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> Phalanx, phalanx. So we're in. We we see a gathering of, I believe it's Luke, Matt, 
uh kirsten wow i'm blanking riley Riley and jared Jared. yeah they're all hanging out in the workout room it's casual conversation looks like it's just like that first couple hours where it's just chit chat getting to know each other uh and we see kirsten throw it down like hey this is an alliance now and then luke jumps right on that phalanx five um just instant reaction uh charles what do you think of this first power alliance of the season does it have longevity um, and just what's your overall strategy for this first night of Big Brother? If you were in the house, how long would you wait to start jumping in alliances? And not even jumping in alliances. My real question is, how long would you wait to start like uh, forming an alliance yourself? Like doing what Kirsten did and actually being like us five alliance. Do you think it's smart that she did that so early in the game? To you, Charles. <laughs> Well, the silence is my answer to your first question. (laughs) (laughs) How do I feel about the Phalanx Five? Okay, let's just start here. What do you think about the name? No. um, What is the Phalanx? Name, it doesn't really bother me as much as just... It just confirms that Luke wasn't lying when he said he's really a nerd. That's really Yeah, and again, I'm here for the nerd. I just... Not that I'm against them forming an alliance, because that's part of the game, whether or not it's too soon. I've never been in the house. You know, that might be a question that we ask Pooch when we have him on again, because I think that's one of those things that kind of how Red said in his intro package, you're going to go into the house with this plan and all of a sudden it's going to change. I'm not going to sit here and tell myself that I'm going to not go into an alliance from day one because if someone asked me, sure, I'm going to entertain it, but I'm probably not going to be the one to initiate that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But this group of five, and I have Luke in there, who's one of my draft picks, I think I laughed for a solid five minutes while they were forming it. <laughs> to Truth be told, and this may spark some uh a difference in us right now but i'm not a big jared fan so i kind of rolled my eyes to that too at this point <laughs> I, I don't know that whole alliance and then you have kirsten in there who evidently already has an alliance with all 15 other people or 16 other people in the house so yeah that that alliance is definitely not gonna last um i forgot what your other questions were because i was so distracted by remaining silent on uh, <laughs> well, that, that was mainly it i'm i'm glad that you as a uh episode only viewer picked up on the fact that uh kirsten's really doing a lot uh early in this game we see the failings five that's like the most notable part of the episode but we see her talk to felicia kind of being like oh all girls we're gonna do an all girls thing um I forget she she does another she talks with some other people in the episode as well but she really she's got like three alliances already in the first like 30 minutes of the second episode of the season and it's already being ratted out to other people which is the key part and the the most dangerous time in the game is the first 24 hours because you make one small little nothing mistake and people just need something to target and so uh, this has really opened up her, made her vulnerable, uh, and given the other house guests something to at least use as some fodder for why they're going to maybe uh, keep her on the block, which we'll see later in the episode. Um, Richard, what, what do you think about the whole Phalanx Five, the whole position of Kirsten this first night? And what, uh, since I, I've known Charles here for a while, we've been podcasting for a year plus, what is your 
you know, first night strategy, if hypothetically, if you were to ever enter the big brother house? Well, I've thought of that before for sure. And it's, <laughs> I think the best way to do it, you you can't make a big alliance. You can't make too many alliances. I think my only issue with the Phalanx Five is that it's too big for a day one alliance. Five is still too big for me. If I was in that house, I'm not taking more than one or two people in that first 24 hours. I'm going to start with like a two to three person alliance and then just grow from there as time progresses. Because like you said, that 24 hours is the most dangerous period. And people are going to talk because in the first 24 hours, nobody knows anybody. So everybody's going to talk to each other. So messages are going to get relayed person with her 20 million alliances is going to get found out within five seconds. But if you keep it smaller to one or two people, I mean, my prime example would be the hitmen from 16 day one alliance, only two people you form it and then you let it ride and you let it grow as time progresses. And what they were the final two. You can't, she's, she's playing too hard too early. And it's just, it, as you guys saw it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, I think that's like a common thing uh, that we're seeing, or a common theme that we're seeing on the, in this house. Um, it's stuff that we'll probably talk about next episode because uh, it hasn't happened yet on this Sunday night. But I think a lot of players in this game are just, they're fans. So they know the right order to play it in. They're just like playing the game on fast forward. Like they want it all to happen so quickly. Like, like Kirsten tonight doing so many alliances at once. And like there's other players forming the sacred onion alliance but they kind of do it all in one single night and so it's not as you're not vetting the people that you're aligning with that much and then uh and, and it's like a big decision to make like you're forming teams that you're stuck with the whole season if you pick the wrong people um that that that's my biggest fear is when you when you rush into these alliances so you're saying but, other people just based off of the fees are already playing just as hard as kirsten yeah, they just waited like 12 extra hours. They didn't get target. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> so it didn't make this episode. Right. But, I will, Go ahead, but I will say, I feel like you can already see so, very slowly two sides of a house forming. It Absolutely. almost always happens, but you can start to see it with, I would say, like a Riley and a Jag side, and then like the Sari, Jared, Felicia side. Yeah. And you can kind of see it go off. It's still some gray lines because obviously it's what, day one, two, but. I think those lines will get more defined as we go on, but you can already see it happening. I don't know how early it usually happens. I don't remember, but like I was I was thinking about know. this today. It's and again, this part of the conversation is a little ahead of this episode, but I kind of just want to have it now because we've got Richard on here. Um, I was thinking about it today, and like every house eventually splits, and it's always the exact same. It's the young athletic people one side, and it's the oddballs, old people, and the not-as-in-your-face socially people on the other side. It happens every single season. It's the Even, average Joes against the pretty people. Exactly. <laughs> every single time. Even, like, this game, where, like, Riley's like, oh, I love Felicia, and I love Sari. I'm going to protect the older people. Like, I want the older people to make it far in this game. And then as soon as she's actually with the people she's comfortable with, she's like, oh, I'm actually going to just you know, team up with all the young and hot and muscular people. That's how it always goes. And, but what excites me about this season, uh, and this isn't really a question. It's more of just a statement of why I'm excited for the season is that this is the first time I think that the old oddball, not a social group has a chance because they've got a mole in Jared who can play both sides. He's young and athletic, but has got real alliances, uh, loyalties to the older players. And so I'm really excited to see that play out. Um, 
yeah, it wasn't really a question. I just really wanted to make that statement while it was on my mind. But uh, the next order of events in this episode, and I thought this had some uh, couple of interesting moments uh, was, you know, our typical round table. Everybody sits on the couch, introduces themselves, where they're from, gives quick uh, uh, facts about themselves. Uh, something that really uh, jarred me out of the episode for a second. <laughs> Red's fun fact about himself, he's delivered every one of his own kids. I'm one i'm, I'm very guy, surprised i'm not guy. game for that and two i'm, I'm not i'm not bragging about that either <laughs> i'm i'm very surprised you didn't go with a different fun fact that you know twitter knows about but you know um that one went what, his, wait head. what is twitter <laughs> his his girlfriend's age um oh, how, oh isn't she super young yeah she my age um okay. <laughs> she's she's 19 hey, um what and what's wrong with that she's legal that must mean he has something to offer my boy <laughs> Cheers, Red. <laughs> Three youngins so, that he delivered himself. That's what he has to offer. <laughs> um, I don't know. Did anyone else's introduction really stand out? I thought also, like, production really just like took a took a, a night off. Like that transition of Corey coming back into the game, the bed sliding out of the wall with some lightning effects, and then him just coming. Oh, out. hey guys, here I am. I, I was like, oh, come. I was like, come on, who wrote this episode? Like, is this really how we're doing? Well, it? and it was kind of how we talked about in our pod in how he even left, where they had all this buildup and it was going to be so scary. And then they it takes them 45 seconds to drag him out. The return right. was the exact same way. It's like, and then right. he came yeah. back, and then he came back, and, there, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, um, there's not any real punishment. I know I'm a little late, but uh, next week, next week, watch out." It's like, <laughs> what? What's the point of that? <laughs> like, I, it is, is a disadvantage cool. to have an hour late start. Everyone did bond for an hour, so yeah, that is a bit of a punishment. But also, like, why him? Like, but, they just were like, but, "Oh, whichever competition we do fourth, we'll just give that yeah. person." But then I like to, and you go to Richard, but and you may be getting ready to say this, how he comes back and then does the typical big brother scripted. Are you doing the introductions yet? <laughs> so like... <laughs> There's that, but also like his return felt like the Walmart version of the BB 18 hopping out of a suitcase, but they added cap cup, but they added cap cut effects just to make it just a little bit more fancy, you know, the lightning strike. Yeah, I swear next year we're doing like a bingo card of like all of the tropes of the first two episodes. Because like, good idea. Because like, let's just add this in. Uh, Matt's little diary room of oh Riley, like I think I I could be attracted to her. Like maybe that'll be a thing. Like in the house, there's not really been like much of anything between Riley and Matt. Like it's Jag and, and Riley all the time together. Like. That's literally a production plant, like for the Daltons of the world. They're like, "Ooh, we might have a showman's here with the two pretty people." Well, to be fair, that's not going to happen because Izzy's going to slide in there on Matt and make sure that she takes him home. It's gonna, it's gonna be the point zero zero one percent, right? <laughs> uh, I will say, I out of all the diary rooms, I actually like. I couldn't figure out if I liked it or not, but I think I like it. Corey's diary rooms, they're a lot. But by the end of the episode, I'm like, all right, like he's doing a good job. Like, see, I don't like them. Corey's diary rooms are just like his brother's confessions. Really? I swear to God. Mm. At least you can feel the vibe. You can feel the vibe. And it's just, they're both very strategically smart and they show it off like heck. 
but it also worries me because they showed off Zach's strategic awareness very much so for him to get booted in the second episode. Granted, in Survivor, when they're editing, they know who finished where. Yeah. But it worries me a little bit that the curse continues. Oh, wow. Well, I'm like comparing like Corey's dire rooms to like Cameron's. Cameron, who like so smugly thinks he's got the best joke in the world. He's like, I'm supposed to be the space cowboy, but red is the redneck cowboy. And he like looks at the camera like, you're going to laugh now? I'm like, no, I'm not going to laugh now. Speaking of diary room, um, and we're taking a little bit of a turn here, but something just hit me. I've got no outline, so please turn on. No, no, no. (laughs) Just to kind of compare to last season with someone that I loved and I know you didn't. um, And then also making the same comparison to someone to my number one draft pick, Red. Daniel. (laughs) Are people already. uh, I don't even know how to ask it. Basically how last year, Jasmine, everybody thought that her accent was fake at different times. Has anybody said that about Red yet? My soul just left my body when you reminded me that Jasmine (laughs) exists in this world. (laughs) Um, I will say it's been a thing on Twitter. Today was the first time I saw it on BB Twitter. Uh, But people have been calling out Red for dropping his accent at certain times. So it seems like it might be a little put on. Okay. Are we gonna are we gonna mention the other two Twitter theories, Westoff? The America one and the Luke one? Are we gonna uh, let those fly? I, I, I'm not sure. Tell me the America one. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, oh, I, people I oh one. people think that America is not her real name, and that's why. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I that she's that that's that that's a put on uh that's like oh it's a like fake some, identity. It's gonna be a thing. Okay. Yeah, I know the Luke could, one. Like nobody could find her on social media and yeah. all that good stuff. What's the Luke one? I don't I've not heard oh, of Oh, they think they think Luke is a twin twist. Yeah, so they so here's the reason why. Um, one is that if you go to the CBS website and look at their cast and you like hover your mouse over the pictures, they like it gives you the alt image text, and there it's like a it's just like a a series of numbers, and like it's like a cast underscore series of numbers, and between Corey and uh Cameron is a like it goes from 307 to 376 to 378. It like skips okay. it in both. And so they're like, ooh, maybe there's going to be an extra cast member put in right between Corey and Sorry. Cameron. Mm. Um, was she on there? No, but like, but Sari fits in that alphabetical. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That seems like a does. big reach. The one if, that people are pointing yeah. out is the Snaggletooth. Oh, is this? Well, I. They're saying I, that they're saying that like Luke like magically appears and disappears with a snaggletooth. I haven't noticed a snaggletooth. And I there's do some know other. That, like, there's some other stuff, but yeah. The first like that was the main one. Thirty six hours, Luke was like a loner, barely talked to anybody, just kind of worked out and super awkward. Like never went up to the HOH room, never had conversations about game, and then like all of a sudden yesterday morning, heads in the game, ready to play, and people are like, huh. Change really? of personality there. That that Snaggletooth thing was giving me like Davon and that's Thickums about about Liz and Julia. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I'm thick Kate. Like, oh, she's like a little thick today. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Now have you I mean, in you watching the live feeds, do you feel that? He's never on the live feeds. He does nothing. So. Oh, really? <laughs> Him and uh Mimi, Richard, like I know you've been watching live feeds. She's non existent until like today the first three days i could yeah. not find her on a camera ever and she was my number one pick i mean yesterday a little bit finally because i think like you know relationships form and that's not until off the you know next episode but yeah 
it's taken a while and it's but that's also the way for a lot of players like most players you could barely find them on live feeds like the only people that you could consistently see consistently see was probably like Izzy, Sari, Jared. I, I would can't say get away to a certain degree. I will literally change the feed I'm on to go to another room, and then like three minutes later, Izzy pops up there. I'm like, come on, like let me just listen to another conversation. He's a fucking rabbit, bro. <laughs> to to get um, back on 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 track on track, like I will yeah. give Izzy one thing: the way that she played off the Jared Sari thing is how I would have done it, but more subtle. Like, I can see you, but no, no one... I can see you being the same rabbit that she was, and I don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, but the thing is, like, if no one recognizes it, take it as, you know, leverage and use yeah. it to get them to work with you. And knowing Sari's survivor game, the one thing that she will be is loyal. When she has her people, she's loyal to them through and through. You know, she's done that multiple times before, and you can see as part of her game, her main group, she sticks with them. And knowing that, I would want to be part of that main group. Because she's so strategically smart and she might pick up on things that I won't. So having that extra opinion there of someone that's as seasoned and also having the leverage to be like, you can't come for me because I'm going to expose your secret. I was going to say it's it's a yeah, it's high stakes because if you let her know that, you know, and she if you know her game, then, yeah, you probably feel more comfortable. But if you didn't know who she was, you just knew her reputation then telling her, you know, you might think that you're the first cut. Like she's got to get you out of the house quick. Um, there, there was a fun, there was a fun moment on the live feeds with that one. Cause I remember my, my, my buddy texted me about it. They were having a conversation. I forgot who it was. I think it was Sari, Felicia and a few others about Sari's survivor past. Cause they recognized oh. her from survivor. And I remember, um, I think it was Felicia who asked like, how far did you go in survivor? Yeah. And Sari goes, which time? And somebody yeah. else, and I think it was, I think it was, it was one just goes, just goes, how many times have you played? Yeah. Charles and I talked about this on, uh, on, on Saturday or whenever we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Where the, the player was like, you played more than once. It's like, little do you know, she's played four times. Like she's a reality television expert. So, um, one other thing I wrote down just from that, you know, circle introduction time, um, we did hear in the preseason interviews that Bowie was going to claim that she was 34 and her real age is what, 44, 45, like 42, 45, something like that. Yeah. She's she's going almost a decade younger and she did. She told everyone she was 34 on the episode. And uh, Charles, what do you think? Do you think she can pull it off? Uh, I mean, I go back and forth and I feel as if we talked about, you know, in our past episodes and in our I, past seasons. I think about, I asked you this exact question two days ago, but now that you've seen yeah, another yeah, episode. Well, and that's the thing, you know, my answer kind of goes back and forth because I've always taken a stance on people lying in their introductions mm-hmm. um, when they're doing the circle sit around and everything. I think, you know, from a player outside or not from a player, but from uh, a watcher outside looking in, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think all of these things that people say, oh, well, they're going to assume that because I'm an attorney that I can navigate well, or if they da 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 da, and if they assume that I'm doing this, that shit doesn't matter. Like you're in a completely different situation. I agree. You, Has it ever yeah. mattered? Have yeah, you ever exactly. Seen someone targeted because they were a doctor. Exactly. Um, so you've seen I mean, the opposite, it's just though. it's crazy. What's the you've opposite? Seen the opposite though. What's the opposite? Derek Lavasser. 
That's fair. That's I fair. Think, fair point. Well, he you, you're just saying the opposite because he lied and was successful. Yeah. Sure. And, and I worked. guess yeah. I and I think like, maybe the one job you might actually have to lie for is like cop or like yeah. undercover agent. But like people are like, oh, I'm like um, any yeah. sous chef. I'm gonna lie about that. People think, yeah, I'm like, yeah. who the fuck? Cares? My thing is like, if, <laughs> like if but if you're but if you're a psychologist, you got to keep that that shit under wraps. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I guess like it doesn't lie work when you go as house, a psychologist. Richard. Again, it's one of those things. I I guess for me, lying about occupation and age and all those things, it's kind of why like. Well, I don't really watch it anymore, but why I liked the circle because those people weren't seeing each other. They weren't interacting anywhere outside of Zoom. Mm -hmm. Again, Big Brother and why I love it. You are immersed in this house where people who have come out time and time and time and time and time and time and time again, everything that you assume, it doesn't matter. It doesn't work. It doesn't happen that way. So just because you're a prosecuting attorney, that doesn't mean that you can sit face to face with someone because guess what? You're now literally lying in the same bed as this person where you have a client and you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that. And this, you have to go through a whole, you know, at this point, 101 days or whatever they're doing in order to get to that point. Um, I don't know why I'm getting so angry about this, but, <laughs> but no, it just, I, I, I just don't get when someone decides to lie about something like that. And so her following through with it, cool. That's part of her strategy. If you ask me, she looks like she's 50. So I don't really know how believable that is. And, but and I mean, I don't know. yeah, to your point, I think every career lends something to the game of Big Brother. Every career has something that you can pull out of and just say, like, oh, this works. Like, I work in a country club, and that helps me because I know how to deal with with random and different types of people. Every job, no matter how menial or how big, has some implication. Like I said, there's some extremes where, like, you do need to hide it because people are going to have that perception. But that's extreme. That's like psychologists. That's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, cop works detective like that kind of stuff where like your entire job if your job depends on reading people and weeding out facts and doing that kind of stuff sure all for it but like like you said like sous chef there's yeah. like or if it's just like know, communication in the kitchen but like we've gotten to the everything point where runs itself. if it were if your job requires you to like be smart people hide that it's like okay that's not like but you can why? be you can be the smartest person in the world and still be a terrible big brother player. Like yeah. that is not the reason why I'm going to target you. I'm going to target you more because you're very personable than because you're smart. So um, yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Um, next big thing in the episode. And and this is where I really want to have in uh, kind of, you know, Richard, I'm kind of exploring what's your big brother uh, game plan here. If you ever go in the house, uh, I know Charles is, we've had these conversations time and time again. So HOH competition, what is your, uh, what would you do if you were in the house? What is your theory of the game? What uh, first HOH, do you try hard to get it? Or are you one, are you a Bowie? Like, Oh, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot foot pole. Um, what's your, uh, you know, game theory when it comes to first HOH? Well, they went in alphabetical order, so I would have loved that because I have an R name. So, <laughs> I mean, West like, off. I'm I, going after you. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a few, there's a few things. There's, I mean, for starters, I would look at so many different things. A, how people perceive me is the first thing I would go for. If people perceive me in a negative light, I may just go for it just to have the leverage and have 
what Riley had where people are coming to you and they want to work with you. If I just think people are going to see me as like, okay, he's just there. Then I'm throwing that. I don't need the attention. But at the same time, if I'm, you know, I'm trying to think who went last. If I'm whoever goes last and I'm walking in and there's somebody and the person's holding that top spot in that moment is someone that I don't feel comfortable with. I'm going to go for it because I want to be comfortable with whoever's the HOH feel confident enough that I could even slide past that week. Yeah. Well, I've said this time and time again, my theory is you go for that HOH every time you, that's the most, the biggest bonus boost to your game you can get is that first HOH because the entire house has to suck up to you and you basically get to set the tone of the game. I'm going to make the first power alliance. It, then it's just about how good of a job do you do and how little blood can you get on your hands? Cause you're going to get some blood, but I even think, uh, and sorry to go right back to Richard for this one, but I asked you this last time, Charles. So I want to get Richard's quick opinion on oh, it. You're good. Do you think that there will be a chain? Like we'll see a, a ripple effect this season. Uh, the fact that we didn't have the first, uh, the first HOH named in the opening night, uh, basically, we went a full 24 hours plus without a power structure. It was everyone's on e- either even plane or like, yes, there were some nominees, but there was no person that everyone had to suck up to and who got to like get a big head about themselves. Uh, do you think that'll have an effect on how this game plays out or do you think it's negligible? I think it will to a certain degree. And I think it's in a positive way, agree or disagree. You know, I think it's much like survivor. There's n- you know, in the early stages of the game, there's no one person in power. You know, it's just you're either safe or you're not. And so it creates havoc and, you know, no one's above anybody else. It's always just going to be about who vibes with who, who makes the strongest connection. And I think we saw people start to suck up to Riley and it's kind of, an easy out and an easy, you know, place to go. If you don't know where you're going to go with your conversations, but I just think it's better if there's no power struggle because it's much more about the genuine connection and the social aspect that this entire show was built upon. I 100% agree with that. That was the same attitude I had. I think it'll have a positive effect that the, the Alliance structures that were formed, I think will be more natural because it wasn't a forced, like, I have to be aligned with this person because of their power. Everyone got to feel out who's their people first. And then when the power came, yes, you may have to pivot, but you still already got that first 24 hours to figure out, these are the people I like. Now let me see if I can play it towards working with them in the future. It also feels dumb for me just because she's not, what if she doesn't get HOH again? What was the point? Like, it just feels pointless. And at least no, you can I, just look holistically at everything. Oh, I, well... What was the point of her getting it? Do you mean like no? I'm saying like like it? if you if you're gonna suck up to Riley, oh, and then okay. she never wins HOH again. Yeah, but like heck was the point. Sure, and I think there's less repercussions. One week safety. I true. I and I'll say this uh, again: the fact that it was a delayed HOH was affected on the back end as well, um, where people may have forced themselves to suck up to her in order to gain one week of safety. Whereas this time it wasn't as crucial. You know, there's four people already on the block. She's not putting anyone up at most. She gets to put one person on the block and that's the chances of that are slim. You know, 
only if like two people who were going to win that were going to actually use it. So um, I agree. I'm excited to see the uh, the way it plays out. Charles, watching this uh, competition without knowing what was going to happen, uh, two questions. Who were you rooting for? And then also, who do you think had the best chance going in? Like when you saw that it was the uh, the the cartoon, oh, not cartoon, yeah, uh, the comics. Uh, balance uh, the beam. Boom and pow, balance beam, race to the button. Um, did you have a favorite going in? Uh, and was there anyone that you really, really wanted to see become HOH or an opposite really, really didn't want to see could become HOH? Obviously, I'm biased, so I always want to see my draft team doing well. Uh, I, I really kind of hoped that Red would pull off a win just because he's funny and I want to see his HOH room this early. Um, outside of that, I I did truthfully, now that you asked that question, didn't really have f- feelings toward it either way. I kind think hard. everyone's so new. Yeah, exactly. There, There was nothing really going on. I think if you made me pick someone that I just did not want to see win it um, and he wasn't even an option, it would have been Jared um, since he was already on the block Um, outside of that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fun to watch Uh, a friend of mine and I kind of made fun of him because he was a big Nicole fan. um, Not, not Nicole Nicole Franzel. Yeah. He is a big Nicole fan. I, and he knows that I can't stand her uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but he sends me a text in the middle of the episode and says, Riley's a fucking baller. And I responded and said, I'm not watching right now. I'm playing tennis. Leave me alone. <laughs> but then when I finally watched the episode, I go, oh, OK, I know why you like her. And then as I watched the episode, I just the entire time she talked, I just kept getting this Nicole vibe, which I hated because I want to like Riley but I can't stand Nicole so much. And every time I saw her on the screen, she just gave me that vibe. So like I'm guessing a, a, a little ditzy or like, not like fully like. Yeah. And even in her mannerisms um, on screen, on camera, it, I don't know. You'll have to go back and watch. There's just a lot of weird similarities there for me that I just couldn't look away from. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I was pretty happy with it. I got to see who's going to compete. I thought it was hilarious that, you know, 19 people even though there's not many that many people in the house through the competition i know <laughs> so that was kind of crazy what uh what path are you choosing if you're playing that game oh i would have done what riley i would have gone all blue and just gone as fast as i could for Richard. sure blue blue was the easiest I was the, about to say, it yeah. wasn't the thing is the thing wasn't swinging at you it was swinging sideways to you yeah it, oh is that, is, is that what was happening in the red is that yeah it was, it was at an angle Okay. Um, what yeah. about you, Daniel? What, no, what would I'm, you I'm going blue all day too. I, I think yeah. Order is also a a bit of a uh, it kind of affects the the game as well. Like if you're first, like and you have nothing to play to, like you think you're going fast, but then you saw every person who came next was like, oh, I can go faster than that. And yeah. So, well, and I did. I was thinking about it, and either of you can correct me. This is the first time I can remember that they weren't all in the same area as that first HOH went on, right? Because they had everybody else hidden, and then you only saw the time when you came out of the other room. It's been a while, at least. Yeah, it's been a long time since they've done that. 
Has it? I feel like last season. Ah, I don't think so. But I could be again. My memory is terrible, and yeah, I've, my memory is terrible too. But um, I'll, I'll give it to you. Yeah, first time, first time I've done it. That sure, way. We're, we're going with it in a while. In a yeah. while, I'll say, I'll say though, going off of your Franzel point, I got less Franzel from Riley and more of like a Brittany or a Jordan. I think she's gonna come off smarter than she looks. The, or, I or love like present gets overlooked, but is actually smart if if you yeah. actually talk yeah. to her. Yeah, I could kind of see that. And if you and if you pay attention to her Maybe. conversations yeah. post HOH, she's smarter than she comes off. Yeah. Franzo got again, by, I, by making by flirting, you know, yeah. God knows. And then Paul just Paul just shot himself in the foot. I hate Paul. Um oh, Paul's like probably my second favorite player ever. <laughs> So uh, great player, yeah. Just wasn't the biggest fan. I kind of stomached. I just had to like stomach my way through those two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I hated nineteen. Everything for nineteen was a wrap for me, except for That's Jody so and Christmas's zing zing from Zingbot. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm two different people. I loved nineteen, but I yeah. would hate it if I watched now. Like, there's pre live like uh, live feeds West stuff and post live feeds West stuff, and they're two different. Fair. Mm, That's so. fair. But no, um, they, to again reiterate about Riley, it's not that I think that she's ditzy. She just gives a very again their mannerisms are the same. Because again, truthfully, I want to like Riley, but I hate that I watch her and I actually visibly <laughs> see Nicole because uh, I don't like Nicole that much that I don't want to dislike Riley as a result <laughs> of that. You must have loved the proposal then. Oh, good gosh! <laughs> Was that last season? No, so, that was uh, a while ago. Yeah, that's all, no, several I, yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It probably was. They have a um, kid. West off. They have a kid. Oh, Who's like? I'm here for. I live in the moment. Five now, probably. <laughs> I'm no historian. Um, as everyone knows, who talks to me on these podcasts, my BB history goes back to like BB twenty, and before that, it's like I've seen them. I just don't remember them. So yeah, no, I'm um, the same until somebody sparks something in my head, and then I go, "Oh shit, I remember that." Yeah. Uh, only other thing I had from this HOH competition is uh, Hassam. He seems like he has the potential to be somewhat of a comp beast. Um, he seems super fired up and competitive. Um, he's real stoic in the house. Kind of gives me like the I'm not messing with him vibes. So I'm not a huge fan of his, but I do think I do see him as being a cop threat going forward. So I think that. Oh, yeah. The burlesque dancer. Yeah. They, uh, that those burlesque reps, they uh, really did well for his uh, training for these BB comps. So, um, yeah, other than that, the only other what I don't know, that's just funny. <laughs> and I love that Richard like, is what did I say? Yeah. That. No, that's great. I just uh, think it's funny that he's a burlesque dancer. That's just the way he introduced just, it was great. It was, I'm the, just it was the, he doesn't have to laugh while he's performing burlesque. Good. Gosh. Oh, I did like his laugh on, on the uh, no, episode. The best laugh <laughs> really? of the season is Felicia. The best oh, laugh Felicia of the season is, is Felicia. Yeah, you're right. she, yeah. Felicia got laugh of the season. Oh, my, I can't wait to talk about Felicia next episode. And all all of the, she's dunked her uh, microphone, her mic pack in the water like five times, like three times in the toilet, once in the hot tub, another time in the pool. Like Somebody made a joke <laughs> about that on Twitter that Felicia, that Felicia is a twin. And then in her changeovers, they're like, they're like, just make sure you dunk your, your mic in the water. <laughs> Someone tweeted, she'll be the first player to leave the house and owe Big Brother money. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, all right. Only other thing I have on my list, and then we can kind of do a free for all if you guys have anything. Um, we saw Corey uh, go up to Riley's room. He make a pitch and actually get himself off the block. The reason I bring this up, it wasn't as clear on the episode, uh, but from watching the live feeds, Corey was in a bad spot. Like I put him second to last in the house. Like maybe uh, like, yeah, Kirsten, people were talking a lot of crap about her because they thought she was doing too much. Um, but number two was Corey. Like they thought he was awkward. No one really had a good bomb with him because he came in late to the game. They suspected that he had a secret power because he came back from the nether wo- world, nether region an hour later with like an, nothing happening basically. So everyone was suspicious that maybe he has a power. Um, we've been hearing him brag about this, uh, you know, the fact that he can, you know, is really good at persuading people. Like he's a debater. Like that's his, like what he's good at. And so, we got to see him put it to the test here, and I don't know if it's because he's a really good debater or because Riley's just really gullible and says yes to everybody, but he did get himself off the block. Richard, do you think this was Corey being an excellent persuader or Riley being a yes woman? Both, but I think this is a very <laughs> smart move for Riley. If I was Riley, that's exactly what I would have done, Jared and Corey, because Jared, obviously, you want to keep that because I think he's a better relationship than Kirsten. Every time about that stupid phalanx five um but Corey over felicia solely because felicia's much safer like she can sit on that block and she's not going home Corey, on the other hand like you said people think he's got that power and Corey's going to be so easy to get on your side because he's so desperate like him and kirsten are the only ones that don't have a set spot a set alliance in this game and luke well yeah um, well, Phalanx Five, you know. Um, but we haven't seen Corey. Ma- My boy, like, we, that was we dead before Corey the this before the episode with the yeah. uh, with the alliance being aired was even put on television. But you know, um, Corey, Corey, and Kirsten, the only ones that like haven't had that conversation yet in the first place. Yep. And he's going to be so easy to get on your side and to have those numbers in those early stages of the game where there's more people. Whereas Felicia has already got all these relationships and nobody suspects her to have anything crazy in her pocket. So she's much safer to keep on the block as a pawn because Lord knows she's not going home. Sure. If you put Corey versus Kirsten, it could go either way. That's true. Um, Charles, uh, speak to it if you want about Corey's uh, ability to persuade, but then also what would you have done if you were the HOH? Who are you taking off the block and and who, which two are you keeping up? You know, I'll piggyback off Richard here. You know, I, I think it's a little bit of both of Riley being a yes woman and Corey being a little persuasive. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things. It's so early as we've already kind of talked about, <clears throat> excuse me. And I think Riley being that first HOH is still also, I don't want to say is learning what it means to be HOH, but she's still figuring it out, right? And this is a different HOH than we've experienced in the past. So I think if somebody's able to come to her with something that actually sounds like a tangible something to take and grasp, then why wouldn't she take that? You know, and and in that, with that being said, Corey was able to deliver that to her. He was able to sit down, have a factual conversation, have something meaningful to say. And it wasn't just, I think what made it persuasive, you know, especially for me watching was it wasn't, okay, well, Blue is doing this and 
Heism is doing this and Izzy's doing this. So this is what you need to do. Again, it was all about him. It was all about what that future was going to look like. And he wasn't just trying to throw 8 million people under the bus. And in that moment, I think Riley's like, okay, cool. I can trust this guy. Right. So let's take him off. Um, As far as leaving uh, Kirsten and Felicia, I think we said this on our other podcast, or we either said it on the draft. As far as the older people go, my perspective on that, they always make it a while. Um, you know, some obviously longer than others, but they don't come off as that initial threat. So it's a safe option to have her there beside, you know, the actual target this week for sure. Yeah. And Felicia's, yeah, Felicia's met my expectations. Like what I said on draft night, it, she's met them. Like yeah. there's two, there's two ways that older players go. You've got like Glenn from 17 first out. And then you've got, or sorry, was that 17 or 18? I have no idea. Um, 18. Summer of Steve. And then, That's what I was saying. Like summer, remember Summer of Steve and he was gone in like 24 hours. <laughs> and then you, but then on the other hand, you've got like Donnie or Kevin. Well, or, you remember um, Shelly who made it. Oh yeah, Shelly. Yeah. yeah. And she and was, was one of my favorites. What was the name from last year, from last season? Um, um, oh Lord, came in fourth place. Um, um I got a face, but I ain't got a name. I know I'm pulling out Shelly from years ago and I can't come up with 12 months ago, I, but they're either going to go far they go, or they go early. <laughs> and I expected that Felicia would be seen as that like maternal kind of like, let's coddle you. Let's care for you. And she's done exactly that. She's also been entertainment of the year, but you know, I just think she's put herself in a good spot. You talking about Terrence. Oh, not Terrence. Yes. Um, no, it was Terrence, right? Yeah, or am Terrence I thinking didn't make it to Final Four. No, sorry, I'm thinking of 21. Sorry. Um, oh, you're talking about Cliff? Yes. Cliff, Cliff Hogg, who we interviewed about yeah, a month ago. Our boy, Cliff. <laughs> Who's been on this podcast before? Yeah, that's what I was Cliff. thinking of. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> I'm still going to put that on YouTube. That's on me. But uh, it's out on audio for all of you listeners. Um, Yeah, I. Uh, my only caveat here is that all of this – may just not matter at all we've seen ever since they've been showing us live feeds since day one uh it's really become clear to me that like the first week of the game is just chaos and like everything that happens like 90 percent of it becomes like negligible I, I remember two seasons ago Derek x was like half one foot out the door uh and then he became like america's favorite player for a while and just killed competitions last season daniel was hoh he and Nicole were forming a big alliance, and then they become became maybe the most hated players in Big Brother history. So everything we're talking about today may be worthless in a week, but that's why I love this game, because it, it can change on a dime, uh, and that's why it's so addicting. So that's all I have for the episode. Um, Charles, Richard, I'll throw it to you first, Charles. Anything you wanted to bring up and discuss? Only not necessarily discuss, but maybe to bring up and then you all can kind of elaborate and give me some background on the live feeds. But I made a note about how intensely Mama Bear um, Siri already is, Um, not just with Jared, but even the episode that I've seen with some other people. But I loved the moment where I think he was talking about. Kristen, Kirsten saying something to him and she just immediately like, no, 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 you need to clean that up. And just, and again, it was so strict. Just to give you the exact moment. Yeah. He he said something like, oh, I'll catch up with you later. 
And she goes, Hey, you need to stop that. Clean that up right now. Mm-hmm. So no, I thought that, that I mean, was have that. we had more moments like that, that, that I haven't seen Richard. Yeah, but they ain't in this episode just yet. Yeah, I would say that's, no, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. would say that absolutely she's doing it a lot. And part of it is because she's a great player. The other part of it is that she's kind of aligning with a couple of uh, wild cards. And so she's constantly just having to like tamper down their worst demons and being like, chill out, stop. Uh, I'm specifically referring to like Izzy for sure. Even like Heisem. Um he just like he's one of those people that can like all of a sudden get a grudge out of nowhere and will hold that grudge even though the the reasons for the grudge are based off of like made up fantasies kind of like jasmine last year um but, it's like having a bad dream and then taking leave it on my the girl. exactly when, when you're like oh. sleeping next to your girlfriend you wake up you're like i can't believe like you're in a fight and you're like what it was a dream leave her alone um i will say now that we've got that I've kind of brought that up. I do have something that I want to circle back on. Um, thinking about as again, as we're watching from the outside in, I've been thinking this whole time, how a strategy that I would maybe if I were in the game, try to implement, if I were Izzy, I would try to create doubt, right? I wouldn't have gone to Jared and I would start conversations every day on, gosh, I wonder if there's going to be relatives in the house this year. Or, oh, I wonder, like, don't you think a couple of people look alike? Stuff like that, so that even if it comes back to you, you've just made super general statements. And then that's obviously going to create buzz about different people. I could look at Kirsten and Nicole, or, yeah, Nicole, and say, oh, they could be siblings. All these things, and now everybody's chatting, and then that's going to make Jared and Siri a little paranoid, and then you could get to see how their interaction comes across, too. See? I'd be more worried about uh, Siri just, like, taking me out because I'm saying too much stuff. It makes her paranoid. I think um, knowing Siri's survivor game is why she took the route she did. Suri was part of one of the most infamous survivor alliances in history, the Black Widow Brigade, which, if I can tangent for for one minute, was four ladies. The second time she played, it was four ladies. Um, This was the season that she placed the highest on. She came in third on that season. Um, She basically, at final, I think it was final five, um, there was four women in the Black Widow Brigade, and there was one guy, Eric. And Eric won immunity. And they were talking, and and one of them goes, how crazy would it be if we were able to convince Eric to give one of us his immunity necklace rather than we have to vote one of one of our other you know members out? And in the most and in the most infamously stupid decision ever made on the show, arguably, they actually got him to give up the immunity necklace. They actually got him to give it up. And then they, and they sent up. his and they sent his ass packing. <laughs> and the final four was that four. Wow. Was that four-person alliance? Sari is extremely crafty. She knows how to nurture and coddle you and then kick you right out when she needs to. And she's got good timing. That's super important. Is you need to have the right timing on what you're doing. And it, you see it with the mama bear stuff. She's gonna be very protective of how Jared plays and what he says and what he talks about because he's a little bit new to this. So he's gonna run his mouth a little bit. And she gave me a little bit of chills. I'm I'm pumped. I, w- I want to see some of that. Uh that backstabbing and ruthlessness. Oh, you know, wait, we, we you actually want to see that? 
Well, it depends. If, as long as it's not against what? my favorite. That seems right up Charles Did Valley. I convert you? Are you converted to the Charles style of play now? Definitely not. Protect Nicole Anthony at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, that, that's... Uh, I, that's uh, there's nothing more to say. That's the kind of player we're looking for in Big Brother. Someone who can nurture alliances and find crafty ways to protect her people and take the other people she's not aligned with out of the house. I think that'll play perfectly in the Big Brother game. Uh, Richard, do you have anything else you wanted to cover on this episode? I want to know if y'all have any early picks for America's Favorite House Guest. Ooh. Wait, I don't have my, our cast up. Uh, here we I go. I have two. I, I have a, I have a few in mind. Yeah, I have two. I'll, I'll defer uh, to you, Charles. Did you say me go first? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Um, Jag. Jag's easy. Yeah, I was going to say it together. Jag's and, the obvious. And I'm throwing red, red out there. Uh, a Jag for sure. I um, have Jag and Felicia. I think, yeah, I think, like, Jag in the house is, like, the most popular player. So that's why. And then, like... He's had good diary rooms in the first episode. Like he's, I, he'll be a he'll be a favorite. Um, I think Felicia will be definitely one of America's favorite. Like her diary rooms were like on point. I found them very entertaining. Like just her speaking style is very entertaining. So she's got the energy. She's got the facial expressions. She's got the catchphrases coming. I can feel them. The the the. the how did she in the episode like the. This week isn't going to end with bye bye Felicia, so uh, I think she'll be great. And I actually, I think maybe America. It depends if she uh, comes out of her shell a little more and actually does stuff in the game. But I can see her being just, uh, you know what? No, I take it back. She doesn't have a big enough personality. You got to be a, a main player in this game. So yeah. I'm going Jag as well. That's my pick. But the other thing that I had noted was. For the first time, they've added um, like an exit ticket for the have not room. Oh, I forgot we didn't bring that up. Yeah, yeah, the kick yourself uh, with the shoe. Well, that's like Felicia doing that. Great, like great. That was the the best part of the entire little segment. (laughs) And also, Kirsten doing it uh, as we talked about in our episode, Daniel. That's also amazing TV. With. In, oh, you're, you're talking about in the, in the premiere episode, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when when they had to sweat in their premiere night out- outfits, I felt bad for them <laughs> for that. So, well, all right, I think we covered just about every aspect of this episode. We went almost twice as long as the episode itself actually is. So, uh, unless you and? have anything else, I am. Hey, uh, I have. I just have two closing remarks. Go for it. One, I did make a list of who I don't like so far, so I want to throw that out there Wait, for everyone I, to hear. Can I guess just who it so, is? Just oh, yeah. can, but just so that if I change that, you can call me out on it later because I'm I'm here for changing my opinion. I did already tell you one of them though, so you can go. Yeah, ahead one of them is Jared. Uh huh. The other one is. How many are there on the list? Three. Matt, because he's pretty. My Ooh. theory, my theory, Matt, because he's pretty. No, Matt's not on there. My theory is that Charles just likes the people I don't like, or in, and he doesn't like the people I do like. But okay. then when I went through the list, I don't have strong opinions about that many people. So um, I like America, so you probably hate her. 
No, America's on my draft list, and I like her. Okay, blue. Kirsten? Yep. Cameron? Yep. All right, well, I... Cameron's Man, my... Daniel, you don't know me at all. Cameron's wow. my number one dislike, so you can you hold me to that. You don't know me at all. Bowie? I like, I like Cameron, but I... Nope. Uh, Bowie? Nope. Well, like, Hank, are you going to say McCole? She's barely been on the show. Nope. All right, we've gone through like, everybody. No. Hisam. <laughs> Hisam, yeah. Okay, Hysam. there we go. There's number two. There's number two. Wait, hold on. Can we real quick? This is the definitive time we're picking. Is it Hisam or Hisam? I think, I think it's Hisam because that's what he th- introduced himself as. Okay. Yeah, it's Hisam. It's Hisam. That's what and I mean. actually well, is- wrote on my notes how to pronounce it, and I wrote hi and then saw like S-A-A-M so that I'd remember that. We're, oh, the you- thing is, we're doing better than Saria and Jared anyways. So. Oh, no, that's true. I, uh, no, I'm not doing better. I did. Hyman. Well, I didn't call Hyman. him Hyman on the last one. I called him. What did I call him on the last episode? Sam. No, you called him something else. Oh, I called him Himan. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I felt bad when we did the episode because I thought I was going with the Hyman. You know what it is? Himan played Big Brother 10. That's why I said mm-hmm. it. Oh, Lord. So, I, th- I think the third one on your list, Charles, is Corey. Is Jet. No, it's Jag. Got it. Richard got it. It's Corey. Jesus. Yeah. All right, I'm quitting. He doesn't podcast. like, he doesn't like, like the, the survivor, <laughs> the survivor people, which basically means both people that I like. So. It's not even that. It's not even that. But again, it took I us change, 16 guesses to figure it out, but we got If that. I change my opinion later on, you can call me out on it. Um, and then the only other thing I have to comment on, and this is mostly because a friend of mine who has watched us, but also because of me. Richard, as much as I love Cracked Rackets, I need you to change the background <laughs> because I try not to laugh because you look like a fucked up Mickey Mouse while I'm sitting here watching you. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> if I just cover one, does that make it better? <laughs> <laughs> That's so much better. <laughs> it's no. better than like my messy ass bedroom. I don't have a black a blank screen like you do. Hey, it's hey, I'm I literally have to find a spot so that it looks like this. <laughs> but I found myself a couple of times tonight almost busting out hysterically because I just looked and saw Mickey Mouse. So oh, I appreciate the Mickey Mouse. Shout out to Cracked Rackets, the <laughs> the OG podcast. That's right. Although, thank God, no more Alex Gruskin on these podcasts because him trying to pretend like he was a Big Brother fan it did not work. But he did pick the winner last year. So he did. I'll give him that. He did. Well, Richard, spoiler alert, he went to high school with Taylor, so. Well, yeah, you told you told me that one. Yeah. So, all right, I think we've done enough here. I think we've covered every aspect of this uh podcast. So, uh Charles, Richard, thank you for joining me this Monday night. I look forward to doing this every Monday night uh that we can all get together and recap these Sunday night episodes. And I'll sure I'm sure we'll do more. Um we'll be on other episodes together. Oh, there's Richard's background. A blurry what looks like somewhat clean dorm room or you know you're your parents still at home yeah i forgot you're still in the summer but uh all right i've been dragging out this uh outro for like 10 minutes now so uh thank you all for listening we will be back uh with a wednesday episode recap uh sometime thursday evening probably i think that'll be me charles and sarah Uh, But yeah, we'll be back in your feed soon. Uh, But until then, thanks for listening and we'll see you all soon.